Welcome to Amusement Spark, the theme park design show. I'm your host, Andrew Spawn, and with me today is Gary Lane, return guest. How's it going, Gary? Good. Glad to be back, man. It's been a while. Like, I think it's been, like, almost three years or something. Like, it's kind of crazy since we did, uh, or maybe it's, like, two and a half since we did the Disney Afternoon theme park. And you and I have worked together on uh, some Empowereds since then, or maybe a lot of Empowereds, <laughs> Empowered episodes. Uh, but what have you been up to? Uh same old same old a lot of actually that's not true i've i've taken on a lot of new projects and things of that nature um actually in just the past month because of all the things going on in the world right now so wow cool what kind of news is there anything you can share with us sure uh former guest of your show nick robes uh and i we have a podcast that we do now um we're on like our 10th or 11th episode I believe. Uh, and then I just recently started doing a new podcast where I'm mostly just editing and producing uh, for my friends who run a celebrity talent agency. And uh, they just started doing a podcast called Celeb Works Live that's uh, celeb and then works with an X instead of a KS. And uh, so they, they interview different people from the convention scene and uh, different actors and things of that that they have uh on their roster so i've been editing and producing that and uh i have a new album coming out sometime in the next few months so wow that's awesome a lot of stuff going on and your show with nick is 90s pop culture grab bag is that right that is correct i did not realize i didn't say that (laughs) (laughs) it's a it's a really good show listeners definitely check it out you and nick are entertaining hosts for sure and the 90s were a really interesting era so Seeing you work through the all that content is really fascinating. Yeah, yeah, and and the goal is to like uncover some things that I would have never looked into previously, um, because we basically do it. People submit a topic and then send it to us, and we have to talk about it and try to find some sort of goodness in it, even if we don't want to. So <laughs> that's a really good um, like tagline. Like even if we don't want to, because <laughs> some of the most some of my favorite shows that like review you know pop culture it's funnier when they don't like the source material because i guess that's something i'm kind of guilty of is being like a uh like positive about so many things where i'm sure it gets kind of boring and that's you know why our audience is so small is because (laughs) everything's like positive and happy and nice or whatever optimistic but it's way funnier when someone's like really down on something and they're like i don't want to review this but i have to i know (laughs) oh man or maybe I just like it because that's, you know, generally not how my brain works. Like, if I don't love something, I will probably not be watching it or, you know, imbibing it again. Uh, Same here. Yeah. <laughs> right? So so that was the goal. Like, I was never going to consciously seek out, like, Britney Spears. But if this show makes me, then I have to try to find some appreciation in her artistry. So it's fun. Yeah. Yeah. That's really cool. And we decided that the Beatles would be a good source of inspiration for a theme park. What's your uh, relationship with the Beatles? How'd you uh, get into them and why do they mean so much to you? Well, what's funny is I don't know that they mean so much to me. <laughs> it's Wow, it, really? Th- they did at one point. Um, okay, okay. You know, they're not a band that I actually listen to all that frequently uh, these days, but 
my dad turned me on to him. He used to, my dad's a musician, you know, he would sit around playing Blackbird on the acoustic guitar and, and things of that nature. And then when I got my first, my first boom box, he included uh, their album Abbey Road with it. And that was sort of like my first real exposure into probably like a full Beatles album, which is a heavy trip. So I don't know. They've just always been one of those bands that I appreciate them for what they mean, like in the cultural zeitgeist. And I also appreciate them for what they mean to my history. For a band that was only basically around for seven years, like they've got a humongous catalog to, you know, turn into an amusement park. So absolutely. And their their songs are about a lot of interesting things. It's not just all songs about girls, you know, which a lot of other bands I feel like are kind of like that. It's also cool how like, I don't know, intergenerational or like agnostic to generation or something that they are like, it's a band that my grandma really likes. And I share a lot of music with her, but like, usually it's not as, uh, I don't know, not as relatable or relevant. I feel like the Beatles are just so timeless. And I've heard the theory that um, a lot of people, you know, maybe our generation aren't super crazy about the Beatles because they sound like every band that's come since then. And that's because they were such a huge inspiration during their short, you know, career, they tried so many different styles that those, each album probably influenced a whole, you know, subgenre of rock. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really fascinating catalog, and it's kind of cool also that they only had such a short amount of time together. If they had continued making music over decades and decades and decades, there'd be too much to catch up with. But you know, with their current, you know, static number of albums, you can listen to all the Beatles songs and be familiar with them and start to build up, you know, playlists of just your favorites and stuff. So it's uh, achievable, but still deep enough where, you know, it can take you years to work through it uh, if you want to. It's kind of cool. Picture yourself in a boat on a river With tangerine trees and marmalade skies just jumping to the top of my mind, there's a couple songs that reference like locations, but I don't know. What are your thoughts? Like, how do we, how do we begin this thing? You know, I, I brought the suggestion up and then very quickly realized I don't know how to start either. So, <laughs> <laughs> but Perfect. I, I think, you know, like the initial thing, maybe we'll start with like a, a kid area. Um, because like the initial thing to me is, is let's go with probably one of their most well-known songs, Yellow Submarine. Yeah, that's like the most cartoony, and there was literally a cartoon of it. Um, so yeah, that that makes a lot of sense for a, like a kid area. Yeah, Yellow Submarine would be cool. Like, and that could obviously be like a water ride or, you know, something that makes you feel like you're going underneath the water. Yeah, I sort of picture a knockoff Disney, uh, uh, Finding Nemo, Nautilus sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Um, would you want to use the art style from the film? Absolutely would, yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's it's so unique, too. Like, you don't see any other animated works mm-hmm. that look like that. It's super iconic. So, yeah, that'd be really cool. And I could picture, like, playgrounds and all kinds of little, you know, areas to, for, like, I don't know, even dressing up and stuff. You could have all kinds of fun play area stuff, like, enter the world of the Yellow Submarine. And uh, honestly, you know, with that being sort of a, a psychedelic trip of a kid's movie, I mean, I, I feel like most of the songs could in some way sort of uh, fashion themselves to a ride within that section of the park. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Um, you could definitely have like strawberry fields as an area there, just like a kind of meadow to like run around and play in. Oh, that would be awesome. I always also really liked the 
kind of world building that happens in Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Yes. There's just some really kind of trippy, beautiful lyrics, uh, particularly in the beginning of the song, that I think would be really cool to to replicate here. Yeah, the ride starts out on a boat on a river. It could even connect to Yellow Submarine mm-hmm. if you wanted to. Like, the submarine could come up and, eh, maybe not. Maybe you get off there and then there's a different yeah. ride that's Lucy in the Sky with yeah. Diamonds. Yeah, definitely I'm, I'm picturing like a dark ride, sort of um, a la Small World or something along those lines with just the beautiful, yeah. trippy artwork from Yellow Submarine all around you as you're kind of just floating along. Absolutely. And, and you could make it kind of interactive, you know, where there's like sharks or some kind of bad guy you have to like defend yourself against shoot your little lasers or whatever it doesn't feel very beatlesy to have like you know laser guns or anything but i feel like a lot of kids rides it's like give them something to like smash so that they're not hitting their sister yeah <laughs> this is kind of cheesy but you could have like a playground with that kind of like a uh, squishy uh turf mm-hmm. that they use like instead of like mulch um you could have like a kind of rubber sole area where there's just like rubber stuff <laughs> everywhere like you're it's like a super bouncy yeah type of place it's it doesn't have any actual thematic connection but the name is there you know? i like that though the rubber soul playground <laughs> oh geez <laughs> i grew up calling it like the rubber ground yeah i don't i don't think it's actually rubber maybe it is i don't know it's like recycled car tires or something i think but yeah uh yeah i like it i'm sure kids would enjoy that and they might not get the reference but right i do in my experience at least in my you know extended family little kids love the beatles for sure so mm-hmm. That could it could be a hit. Let me yeah. take you down cuz I'm going to strawberry fields. Nothing is real. Something I was thinking about that's kind of kind of a dumb thing or like a throwaway thing, but it's also a big trend in um like art museums these days. Mm-hmm. It's kind of interactive exhibits or like selfie-friendly exhibits. Yeah. Um or at least photo areas. So like we could re- do recreations of a lot of you know, Beatles album artwork, like have the the Abbey Road, you know, crossing thing and someone like takes your picture walking across that. Um, pretty iconic stuff. And then what's the album maybe with the Beatles where they're just kind of looking down off of a balcony? That, that would just be another like kind of dumb thing. Like, the, hey, this could be our, you know, profile picture. If you have like a group of, especially if you have a group of four that you go with, it's like, hey, we can, we can like recreate like every, you know, Beatles album. I like that. Yeah. Even if it's just kind of goofy stuff, like having filters set up you know like kind of like um not really snapchat filters but more like photoshop or photo booth type of setup so it makes you look like you're on a a beatles album cover would be really cool and it's a great way to rake in the money too for sure people want to buy prints and buy the digital you know rights to it or whatever that's cool and maybe even like uh you could have a thing set up like a huge display of i don't know wax figures or whatever of sergeant pepper's lonely hearts club band yep and you could you know insert yourself there and replace you know one of the people in that huge picture right well i think like the old you know western themed uh, amusement parks and such where you put on the clothes i mean it's pretty easy just to put on the outfits that they wore for that album cover and that's true yeah, yeah that's a good point it's a little sad if you're the only person in the party but you know you can <laughs> <laughs> maybe have cutouts of the other guys for such a, such an occasion <laughs> right right but it would be cool to see the influence on like social media especially you know just people's profile pictures who are commenting on the the park's page mm-hmm. everyone has you know, Sgt. Pepper's album cover, but with them inserted somewhere in it. Yeah. It'd be kind of fun. That would be cool. I would like that. Your 
you're already selling me on this concept, so. <laughs> well, good, because that's the peak of what I had prepared. <laughs> All right, shortest episode ever, yeah, but right? uh, we got it. <laughs> well, uh, kind of on that same note, like I think that you know a lot of people like to dress up as characters whenever they go to certain parks, and I think that not only was their music just extensive enough, but so were their looks throughout the years because they had the mop top, you know, rock and roll kind of thing in the early days, and then the Sergeant Peppers, the like you said, the Abbey Road, and and things of that nature, and there's uh, the Yellow Submarine outfits. So there's a lot of possibilities because these guys were also movie stars, right? So there's a lot of cosplay opportunity. Right. And and when I was, you know, growing up, first kind of putting things together in my head where it wasn't just music, but I'm like seeing pictures of them. Mm-hmm. I assumed that they existed across like three generations because like <laughs> you look at their early, you know, black and white stuff. It's like, oh, this was like, what, the 40s or something? And then by the time you get to, you know, later albums, it's like, okay, so this is what the 70s look like. Right. But no, it was actually a, like a, you know, seven-year period. Mm-hmm. Just, I think, style changed so much during that time. Uh, and their looks, you know, their hairstyles changed so rapidly that it just felt like they had existed over a really long amount of time. And they did have a lot of albums for that number of years. Yeah. Um, where it just felt like they'd been around forever. So you could definitely have different areas of the park that are kind of themed like they're different parts of their careers. Mm-hmm. Like it would be cool too to do some kind of um concerts. You know, if you had a, a concert that kind of represented, you know, like the really early days, either performing, you know, in what Hamburg, they spent a lot of time performing there. Like if you had a recreation of that little set, that small performance venue that'd be really cool or like their first concert in the usa mm-hmm. um you know that would be really cool to recreate those and have like you know a stage that's set up just like these historic performances um and to be able to go and you know watch you know either holograms or like you know just beatles cover bands who only played you know what was on that album it'd be really cool it, i mean it'd be expensive i'm sure to uh, hire all those musicians but it'd be really cool and i think that'd be a a pretty exciting, at least day job for a lot of musicians. You'll never know how much I really care. Listen, do you want to know a secret? Do you promise not to tell? Whoa. Aesthetically, I feel like Revolver, at least the album art, is so cool that it'd be neat to do some kind of attraction that's like that. I don't know exactly what it would be, but something with just black and white kind of hand-drawn looking animation. This could be difficult, but like maybe like a hall of mirrors, except it's not mirrors. It's just black and white art all over the place that you have to kind of navigate through. Disney on their cruises, at least 20 years ago when I went on one, uh, <laughs> they had this uh, this like dining area where on there were all these, I think they started out blank, but there's like uh, picture frames on the walls everywhere. And, you know, there's obviously a wall behind it. <laughs> wow. Uh, going into too much detail, maybe. <laughs> but I believe at the beginning, when you first, like, are entering the restaurant sitting down, everything's blank. Like, I don't even think there's anything in the picture frames. And then over time, it starts to, like, add a, a hand-drawn sketch of different Disney characters. And, like, then, you know, over time, it, it starts to like, become colored in and, like, becomes more what you picture, like, actual from the film, what that character looked like. And the walls also somehow became, like colorful and had patterns on them and stuff it was really trippy and really cool but doing something like that would be really neat where even if it's just you know based on that album artwork um it starts out really simple and starts kind of growing maybe with time or as you walk through it 
And you could also do something with cameras too, where it, it recreates, you know, the the guest in that kind of art style. That's cool. Yeah, it could be really interesting as well. Something kind of interactive. Uh, I I know exactly what you're talking about. Uh, animator's palette, I think, is what the yeah. yeah. Yeah, um, I, I went in there at one point whenever they, they they didn't have a dinner thing going on, so it was like halfway between. Uh, so there were some colored sketches, some not, and I'm not really sure how that happened, but <laughs> but it was it was cool kind of seeing it with the lights on, so to speak. But there's also a um, there's also a, a Mickey Mouse based video game where it starts out in, in Steamboat Willie. So it's black and white as you go through the first level it kind of shifts into color. And I think that's such a neat aesthetic that you don't really get a lot. Yeah, totally true. And it kind of fits with the the time period when the Beatles started appearing on TV and stuff, mm-hmm. like with kind of, you know, TV technology shifting around then as well. And then also kind of reflects their style as well, how they were maybe more buttoned up and more like kind of formal at first. Right. Although it was still, you know, maybe scandalous or whatever that all these, you know, teen girls were crazy about <laughs> this band. Right. But, you know, appearance wise, I was like, oh yeah, this kind of looks like, you know, my grandparents' wedding or something. <laughs> um, up until their, you know, definitely unbuttoned later appearances. Yeah. There's definitely a spectrum there and we can kind of recreate that kind of, uh, I don't know, progression mm-hmm. in different places in the park. Yeah, sure. that evolution. Yeah. Uh, they were always, I don't know if, if they were changing with the times or if they were setting the times. That's the thing that's always kind of sure. interested me about them. Yeah, hard to say, isn't it? Yeah, not a lot of guys were making the sounds that they were with, you know, ZZ Top beards at the time, you know? It's like, <laughs> and I mean, granted, their beards were never that long, but, you know, they were definitely not the clean-cut rock stars towards the end of their career, but they were still making not as poppy music, but similarly uh, themed music. Right, totally true. It wasn't like a an evil transformation or anything or a heel turn. <laughs> they just became a little more hippie-ish maybe, but they were still writing really good songs yeah. that are like unique and creative and kind of sweet and really catchy and awesome. Yeah, that'd be so cool. Um, I can just picture this being a cool concert venue too for, for other musicians to, to perform, you know, just any touring act. I think it'd be really cool to be able to perform at, you know, wherever this theme park is called. Especially because you could have multiple different types of stages. So if they really like one of the aesthetics, you know, you can even do um, music festivals here. Oh man, you can even have a stage that's set up like that rooftop final performance. Oh yeah, that would be awesome. Wow, I don't know if that'd be on top of an actual building, so it's like a really small, intimate thing where you can't fit many people up there. Mm-hmm. That could be really cool. Yeah, it's like VIPs only, and then maybe it's broadcast on you know screens in the queue lines or something. I like the idea of having like a designated venue for older performing acts who are still around like the Rolling Stones or, you know, Beach Boys maybe. <laughs> I mean, there's not a lot left from that time period. Yeah, it was a long time ago, really. Yeah. Yeah, so but I like the idea of having like a designated space where they could go and play. You know, maybe people could get in and see the Eagles without having to pay $100 for a seat, you know, they could just pay $100 for a, a ticket to get into the park. Right. Yeah, that'd be really cool if the concerts were included. Yeah, even in if we set this up, you know, in a city with like that every band goes through, it'd be cool if, you know, the day before, or the day after or the morning of their big, you know, main concert, they could do a little secret show, which I'm sure would be thrilling. Like big bands rarely get to do that. They can't just like pop up at a small bar and start playing because they'll just get swarmed and, you know, people will go crazy. But yeah, the theme park would already have the infrastructure to, you know, keep these crazy fans at bay and just imagine that you're in the park and somebody you just overhear whispering that like dude the beach boys are playing the the secret stage tonight 
How cool would that be? And there is a um, Cirque du Soleil show based on the Beatles as well called Love. It'd be neat. I don't know if they, you know, want to tour to our theme park or anything, but doing that there sometimes would be cool. Or if there's like an you know, attraction that is just that, that's maybe on the edge of the park where you can just get tickets to go see Love there, it'd probably have to be an additional ticket. But that would be so cool. And a chance for more people to be able to see that show. Right. Would be awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Cirque du Soleil is incredible. I've never been, but I've I've seen some videos. Yeah, the videos are what really got me into it. We I don't remember what channel, but growing up they were on TV and we'd record them. But seeing it live is something everybody should do. It's stupid expensive, but you should do it once. Like, right? <laughs> oh, amazing. Here comes the sun. Here comes the sun. I say. It's all right. So yeah, lots of music-based stuff, um, music performance at least. But I also think it could be cool to have some music performance things for the part guests, like learning how to play your first four chords or whatever, like kind of a little guitar workshop. But you could do, it wouldn't even necessarily have to be thematic, but you could do a different instrument in each of these different eras or something like that. But I think it'd be so cool if we had a bunch of, you know, uh, replicas of Paul McCartney's bass, for example, choose any Beatles song and that guy who's your bass teacher knows every Beatles song because it's his job um he could teach you you know any song that'd be that'd be kind of a cool experience to be able to walk away from a theme park of all things with an appreciation and a desire to learn how to play drums more or whatever yeah that that would be fun um if not a little a little complicated but it would it would slow you know you can't have a lot of throughput (laughs) (laughs) going on it'd have to go on reservation basis or something yeah I think that's how you would do it for like a half hour session or something yeah similarly i guess um it would be you you can sometimes go to an arcade like a dave and busters and you'll see like a guitar hero game but i think it would be cool if somewhere in the park there was a space that you you know had four slots that you could go and essentially play like a rock band style beatles thing which i know exists but you know essentially do that within the park with four of your friend or three of your other friends and you could set it up like it's, you know, a film, like a TV show set. I can't picture if this is actually specifically the Beatles or just other musicians of that time period, but I love the the aesthetic of like a set with a bunch of different big flat um, cylinders that they're standing on top of. Like each musician has their own little platform and they're separated. Right. I think those are so funny and dorky and weird, but like really interesting looking. And it'd be so cool to like have your own, like you walk up your little own little individual stairs, you know, staircase and then you're playing guitar and someone else is singing, someone else is playing bass and everything. It'd be so fun. Even if it's just Beatles Rock Band with maybe, you know, nicer premium controllers. And I don't think anyone would want to watch necessarily. Like your audience <laughs> would probably be empty. But, you know, it could be it could be fake. You could have a big screen that looks like it's a live studio audience. That's cool, yeah. <laughs> it could be fun. That's what they've got on Rock Band. Like if you're doing well, the audience will respond positively and that was like 10 years ago when that came out so yeah i'm sure we could do it better now yeah for sure yeah that thing really died didn't it they didn't <laughs> rock band yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was a big a big thing i think they might have got too big too fast to where people were like i just bought you know guitar hero last year i don't want to buy rock band this year or right i eventually you do buy rock band and then you're like well now i don't want to buy guitar hero anymore or rock band 2 because mm-hmm. i already have all the stuff and yeah yeah, maybe it got too popular or too congested or whatever, but yeah. that was a cool fad for sure. As as someone who was, you know, was playing in bands at that time, 
it introduced a lot more of my friends to being open to being in a band, which was cool. It also created some problems of people who can't sing thinking that they can just because they can Oof. sort of get the, the line just right. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the least accurate part of it, I think. <laughs> yeah. I mean, not that playing the guitars are very accurate, but I feel like if you can learn or like memorize, you know, through the fire and flames on guitar hero, <laughs> you can you can learn how to play pretty basic songs on a real guitar. Yeah. It teaches you timing, which is actually a really helpful tool. It doesn't teach you how to play a chord, but timing is everything. So it kind of teaches you how to do like uh like drop D style uh, <laughs> yeah. power chords. It, <laughs> Just that, one finger on that is true. a fret. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's how, uh, yeah, a lot of cool rhythm parts on metal songs are just like a bunch of just one finger covering a whole fret and right. moving up and down really fast. <laughs> Rock band trained a whole generation of metal rhythm guitar players. Uh, I don't know. There's all kinds of music-related stuff that you could do. The the possibility space for creative stuff is really huge. Um, you know, I know the Beatles mostly played kind of traditional instruments, but it could also be cool to do a showcase on sitars and um, some of the kind of stranger sort of synthesizer-related instruments that they used. Yeah. Like, that instrument is called the Mellotron, and, and it's played on uh, Strawberry Fields Forever. Oh, yeah. Where it's just kind of like, yeah, when you push on the keys different reels of magnetic tape start spinning and it makes this really kind of funky warbly sound and it's still used today but usually in modern context it's you know it's fake so to speak it's like a, a plug-in or a digital instrument but yep. being able to play a real one would be such a cool cool thing at least at least for me as someone who's you know played synthesizer and bands and stuff like i really like that instrument and the more analog you can get the better mm-hmm. but typically analog doesn't mean it's actually tape, you know, which would be so cool. And actually, yeah, that's that's a really neat idea. The idea of uh, letting people play instruments that you don't just get to find everywhere else. I'm, I'm struggling to, to come up with a thrill ride that's that's probably the part that's got me the most stumped <laughs> let me take you down because i'm going to strawberry fields there's like a, a drop tower that's uh, it, you just get out and you're like in this beautiful field of strawberries <laughs> but it's like the most intense ride in the theme park yeah. like this huge drop um oh yeah i don't know specific content that's uh and really? they don't have a lot in of heavy songs, but something like Helter Skelter, actually, from the White Album is a really distorted, really loud, really fast song. And it could lend itself to like a roller coaster, perhaps. And I think hel- there's roller coasters called Helter Skelter. Like, uh, I don't know if it's at Coney Island or somewhere, but I've heard that name for a roller coaster before. That could definitely connect to something. And I'm kind of picturing um, across the universe, there are some songs that are a lot heavier in their, you know, across the universe, the film soundtrack versions um, where they're pretty dramatic. Like, Revolution can be a pretty powerful, intense song. Happiness is a Warm Gun is a really um, dynamic song that could could be a lot of stuff, you know, roller coaster Mm -hmm. with, like, fast parts and kind of slow parts. Yeah, I like that a lot because they do have some 
some you know harder rocking stuff you could make an argument that they kind of were one of the first bands that did kind of a heavy <laughs> metal quote unquote type of song it's definitely not what they not what we call heavy metal right. today but like back then that's what that meant like i know ozzy osbourne was like hugely obsessed with the beatles Again, not that he's really heavy metal by today's standard. He's he sounds more like seventies <laughs> yeah. pop to a modern ear, I think. But but back then it was Actually, pretty, that you is, know, pretty that revolutionary is like, stuff. Trying to hit the bullet points of what got us from, you know, the Beatles to punk rock or the Beatles to metal music and, and like maybe what song you can pinpoint. Um, but that's for another podcast that I probably just started. Um <laughs> <laughs> Actually, no. You've got time, man. <laughs> I think I'm at about max capacity right now. <laughs> I can't picture oh, a I'm roller sure. coaster Jeez. or some sort of extreme ride without honestly just ripping off like the Aerosmith roller coaster concept. Ne- me neither. I've never been on that. Uh, okay, okay. So I don't know exactly how much of it is specifically their content. Right. You know, most roller coasters are pretty short. So you could kind of just play a song and have like, you could do something to be like, you know, 4D type mm-hmm. of thing where there's a lot of visual elements, um, kind of right. like something you'd see at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter, um, where it feels like you're flying around in that world. Um, but you could also just do a traditional roller coaster with that kind of theme and color scheme and music playing. It'd also be kind of cool to sync up or design the roller coaster such that you know, when, when the action is rising, you're going up. And then like when things are really crazy, you're dropping. It'd be really interesting, almost like a, a music visualizer, if anyone <laughs> yeah. remembers that trend. Um, but you're actually riding it. You know, it's actually a roller yeah. coaster. That'd be you really You know, something cool that just crazy. occurred to me is that you could, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not really sure how big this park is or how many thrill rides we want to have necessarily, but uh, maybe just have a couple and one of them could be a coaster that's maybe not necessarily constantly, you know, s- speeding around the tracks, but, um, you know, kind of starts you with like at the beginning of their career and then just includes like 10 to 20 second snippets, Ooh. maybe from each album, um, or maybe a little bit longer. Yeah. And, and they all yeah, blend together like and fuse into a, a mm-hmm. one long soundtrack as you're riding through the coaster. That is fascinating. And you could do several different variations where maybe if you ride it back to back, all the songs are different. Like you could still take one song from each album that's that kind of pair well together, so to speak. And then you yeah. could have a whole nother selection that also pairs well. So so it's not the same exact experience every time, but you kind of get the same highs and lows mm-hmm. or, you know, transformation going I, on I over love time. The concept of blending. Um like from from album to album, this, that and the other. As a kid, you know, whenever I had the White Album on CD, I could never listen seamlessly to disc one into disc two. So whenever streaming services or, you know, digital ripping or whatever came into play, it was so wild to me, like hearing the uh, Julia straight into birthday. And it it doesn't flow well, but it's still neat to me. Mm. Like, this is still the same thought. It's just extended. (laughs) That's interesting. And maybe even playing with the kind of that format of music might be something like I was thinking about this just the other day. Um, an album I first mm-hmm. heard digitally or maybe it was on CD, but now I have the vinyl. And so it kind of stops <laughs> yeah. at a point where I'm not used to it stopping, which is kind of the reverse of that, that issue. You know, in the old days it would be less content per mm-hmm. side and then you'd have to flip it over or flip your tape over or whatever. Um, so, I mean, maybe that could be something with a, 
with a ride where it's set up so it looks like yeah. a, a 45 or something and you're just kind of going around gently but then it has like a little bit of a thrill moment when the whole ride flips over like your whole mm-hmm. you know uh plane that you're sitting on flips over so there's like a little thrill traction then you kind of are maybe doing <laughs> yeah. another little like teacup action um on the other side while the song is playing and you could switch out you know digitally what that 45 is playing but that could be really fun for for maybe <laughs> it sounds like a kid's attraction but then there's this whole uh everything is flipping Honestly, over moment, teacups can which, be uh, pretty thrilling so, well. so. <laughs> they can yeah we could this could be um some kind of special <laughs> or like what, or something what's the one um, i think it's called the scrambler the where there's like three carts on each arm and then they slide into each other and stuff yes that used to that used to be one of my favorites but i think now that i'm older and and more motion sensitive it would freak me right out yeah that is a very strange sensation yep it's (laughs) it's kind of like a spirograph if you ever did those little things like drawing with a this system of gears on a piece of paper to make a cool pattern because you're getting like yanked around really fast and then you're kind of in one point for Mm -hmm. for a while while everyone else is getting yanked around yeah it's a really weird sensation but yeah that would work any kind of kind of circular related thing where you could set it up so it looks like that or at least there's an oversized you know yeah record that would be wild actually to do that point. scrambler upside down like just a <laughs> oh my god <laughs> i wasn't thinking of actually flipping everyone the whole time like yeah. suspending them upside down uh, and keeping it going hey we could do that though that's i was picturing like well, a quick could, little that could work too everybody does but... and then you keep going <laughs> oh i like your your more uh torturous one where everyone's like <laughs> head is full of blood by the end of it because i mean you know it's it's a single it's a yeah, one song right. they're, they're gonna be up there for like four minutes or three we minutes need good insurance <laughs> upside down <laughs> i like it yep you have to put like a compression mask on that just like squeezes your face so that you know, yeah. i don't know if that works but we'll test there it we out we'll send that to r&d Hey, how long can we hold someone upside down if we're while well, they're simultaneously spinning around in 360 degree what? fashion? <laughs> this uh, is a new innovation, I think, on amusement parks for like uh, really painful rides. Maybe like death-inducing it. rides. Though. You never know. <laughs> death-inducing. <laughs> oh man, I'm seeing the the advertising now, like a, a newspaper ad or whatever. Can we experience our new death-inducing roller coaster? I mean, that's kind of Action Ooh. Park in New Jersey, right? Oh, or good. whatever that one was. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah, that's the that water part slide of the that there. sent you in a 360-degree rotation and then threw you out into water. Yeah. Right. Great idea. Just class action lawsuit land. <laughs> wild stuff. I need a fix cause I'm going down, down to the bits that I left off town. I need a fix cause I'm going down. Is there anything from the other Beatles films that you would want to include here? You could have the Let It Be uh, movie ride where you just go and yell at your friends in a studio for an hour and a half. Oh, jeez. No. Um, honestly, help could lend itself to... Um, some really interesting rides because that's actually probably my favorite of their movies. It's it's the most funny and it's the most mm. adventuresome of all of them. A Hard Day's Night is is also really good. Um, and Let It Be is great, but the first hour of it really is just them bickering with each other in the studio, and then they go play the rooftop concert. Which, I mean, it's not awful, but it's it's 
it's right. it's okay. And um and then Magical Mystery Tour is a hard skip for me. I've only ever seen it once, but I, I did not like it when I saw it. But I think that there could be places and and concepts from each of the movies which I haven't seen recently to to work into some sort of mm-hmm. park concept. Well, here's something. I mean, Let It Be hasn't been ever made available. Wow. Aside from bootlegs and things of that nature, and I used to, I know, I think there might have been a VHS tape released back in the day, but but it's never been on DVD. It's never been on Blu-ray, and much like Song of the South, it probably never will be because the powers that be don't really want to let it be. <laughs> but uh, but no, they don't. Like uh, Paul and Ringo don't really like what that movie represents, sure. which is the tumultuous. Uh, disintegration of the band. Right, it is kind of a, a sad low point. But to me, there's there's little moments like there's a part where Ringo's trying to write Octopus's Garden, and and it's just him and George, and they're just sitting at a piano trying to figure it out together, and it's the cutest thing in the world. Uh, meanwhile, John and Paul are both just being ego driven jerks, and and that part doesn't fit so well. But there's something super sweet about being in a band when things are going well and it's creative and. Yeah, especially like touring and spending so many years together and so many thousands of hours performing together, you have to be so in sync to play music with somebody else. It's like a really kind of magical connection. Um, but then right. yeah, people are different, and once you're successful, there's your incentives start to shift and stuff, and your creativity. You know, you want to be more dominant or whatever. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting thing and a lot of ups and downs. And maybe we could find a new way to document that like and i'm sure there's documentaries and stuff that shine a light on it without it being too depressing you know the the ups and downs <laughs> and stuff and i think it'd be kind of cool to celebrate that without not, not like covering up all the bad spots but making it a little more palatable maybe and then maybe the surviving beetles would be more happy with it i don't know how many parks actually have just like a, a movie house but i think it would be kind of cool to have a era appropriate movie house where you can just go and watch a Beatles movie yeah. or maybe a concert because Ron Howard put out that eight days a week documentary um, that could work. And then I'm, I'm pretty sure there are some bootleg concerts floating around. And of course, probably the hardest part for any of this would be getting the approval of the two remaining right. guys. Um, once they're gone, which if I'm not trying gone. to rush that at all. Yeah. If they're gone, uh, <laughs> If if that happens, um, it might be easier to get approval, but it just depends on who the rights shift to. Yeah, just getting a hold of their music was so hard for so long, which is crazy. So getting you know all their likeness rights from every time period. Wait, this is hypothetical. What are we talking about? Get out of there. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we don't have to actually follow easy up with this. Easy peasy. <laughs> yeah. Easy peasy. We're going to play Let It Be, the movie, every day. <laughs> yep, no problem. <laughs> oh, that's great. Another movie that I think is is interesting is Across the Universe, which, um, what are your thoughts on that movie? I saw it once years ago, and I'm, I'm going to be honest, I don't remember it well enough to really review sure. it, but I, I didn't have an issue with it necessarily. I thought it was a little dull at times, but I thought that the music and the visuals worked really yeah, well. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I thought the songs kind of smushed together into a cohesive storyline pretty well, and I haven't seen it in years and years and years, but... I remember really liking it and listening to the soundtrack a lot and a lot of the ways that they visualize the songs because movies are pretty inherently visual as well as audio 
a lot of those were really interesting and could be cool inspiration for a lot of other attractions. I'm particularly remembering being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, which is like a whole big, like kind of circusy, kind of Tim Burton looking uh, experience that we could definitely replicate, which would be really interesting. It's just one of those, yeah, big, like larger than life type of numbers, uh, which would fit really well into that that part of the, the theme park. I think Sergeant Peppers in general um, is is a very carnivaly feeling album. Absolutely, it is from from front to back. It's got a loose concept thing going on, and maybe it's a very clear concept, and I just am missing <laughs> something. But that's never been one of my favorites. I've I've listened to it a few times, but it's there's about as many songs that I don't like as there are songs that mm-hmm. I do on that one. So it's just not at the top of my rotation list. And um, but from what I recall, you know, I mean, obviously. Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, leading into uh, Billy Shears singing with a little help from my friends, and then uh, for the benefit of Mr. Kite, uh, Hello, Goodbye, I think is on that. Um, Fixing a Hole, for some reason, has a carnival feel to it to me. Um, Or maybe not a carnival, but just like, I feel like it would fit into our park really well. No, definitely, I agree. And I don't know if like carnival or like circus or something in that vein, a... Uh, a festival type of vibe for sure. Yeah, and, festivals. And it's good. very colorful and very uh, vibrant. Yeah, it's it's an interesting mm-hmm. album for sure. And that's another thing about the Beatles is a lot of people don't agree on what the best era was or the best album. So it's representing each of them at least a little bit. We'll have you know fans of each area, which would be cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like to be under the sea. In an octopus's gun, in the shade We would be warm below the storm In our little hideaway beneath the waves Resting our head on the seabed In an octopus's garden near a cave I feel like there needs to be maybe a uh, shopping mall kind of establishment built into this that's essentially nothing but Beatles merch and things that, you know, you couldn't get elsewhere. Cause I mean, there's stuff everywhere and, and, and they've, they've, I mean, there's Beatles comic books, there's Beatles trading cards, there's Beatles movies, there's Beatles album. Well, and <laughs> they even made a music <laughs> album out of the Beatles. <laughs> that's great. And there's toys and clothes and, and like endless, it's yeah. endless. And I think it would be really cool to have park exclusives, like if we could somehow corner the Funko market for the Beatles, which still hasn't happened yet, you know, it would be neat if we could like exclusively sell Beatles Funko Pops. I I always wanted to get one of those like weird coats that they're wearing on the Help album cover, so maybe we could sell those. Yeah. Oh wait, if it starts raining in the theme park, like I remember Kings Island, they always just, people just jump out of the woodwork selling like ponchos. Everyone can you get your little help weird <laughs> oversized overcoat thing. That would be great. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you could sell costumes and there you could sell an infinite amount of things like so much cool Beatles merchandise. Do we want to include a water portion to this park? I think that would fit. It could go in the yellow submarine area. Yeah, that that's true. Yeah, or the the boat on the river part of Lucy in the Sky with Diamonds. Like somewhere maybe in between those oh. two there could be a water park. I can't think of any aquatic songs right now but <laughs> i know 
Octopus's Garden. That could uh, work. Wow, that works for like a splash pad, like little kid water park area. Yeah. Oh, that's adorable. Yeah, yeah. In, in Disneyland, they have a, a restaurant that's at the beginning of Pirates. And I don't know if you've ever done Pirates in Disneyland. Oh. But it's, it's, in my opinion, far superior to Disney World's because the one in, in Disneyland is about 12 minutes long. And it starts off in this bayou area. So you're just on a little canoe, and you're just kind of floating on the water. You can hear banjos, and you can hear bugs chirping and things of that nature. But also, over on the side is a restaurant. You can sit in the restaurant, and you can actually have dinner on the patio, which is right next to the water where the log flumes are kind of just starting off. And I think it would be cool to have like a swimming area around the yellow submarine concept where like you can't get on the track obviously because that's that's dangerous but you can like go underwater and see the yellow submarine going past you or something like that Yeah, that'd be so cool and you could do just kind of like a clear you know like hard plastic gate or you know wall where you're not gonna be able to get run over by the yellow submarine but you can still see it in the distance that'd be really cool and like i'm sure there'd be you know like colorful characters and stuff and like that art style could pervade up onto the surface oh that's so fun and um, you could do all kinds of like little games there and little attractions and playgrounds and stuff in that that art style which would be really fun right yeah water parks are always always a good time um i was thinking maybe we should do like a big kind of central tower kind of thing that could have the those little you know secret shows on the top of it Hmm. i don't know is in that could have the shopping like center inside of that and my first right. thought was maybe it could be shaped like the one from the Beatles one album. I know that's not like their iconography, <laughs> but is there anything else that would be a cool like central tower that you can think of? There's not a ton of, a ton of songs about big, tall buildings necessarily, but I do like that concept though. I mean, that's Beatles one was, was a big album. And I remember when it came out and you know, it's like the first time that all their number ones had been collected into a thing. So I'm not going to shortchange that, that record at all. And it is kind of disjointed and maybe not as uh, the artist's original vision. And it's more commercial um, and more mainstream, too, because I know that that was like probably the first CD of the Beatles that I had had in my life was sure. know, one. Um, so it's a good place to put the shopping plaza, which is like, oh, yeah, I'm sure that's what the Beatles wanted when they were making this music was to someday be a big shopping tower that's shaped like the number one (laughs) like right i was also thinking it might be cool to do an area that's kind of sort of like a main street usa like just kind of a calm like gentle shopping area that's themed like liverpool like oh yeah nothing super like over the top or you know it's like an actual like you know kind of blue collar town or or at least it was Mm -hmm. back in their day you know it's a lot bigger and fancier looking now but it'd be kind of cool to do like something that feels like where they grew up right as a more subdued calm you know just relaxing area um so maybe that could also be the shopping plaza if we don't want to go too you know corporate with this huge monolith sticking up in the middle of the park but then again it is kind of cool when you have a an iconic Eiffel Tower at the middle of your theme park for some reason, even though it's in Cincinnati, Ohio, uh, Kings Island, looking at you. <laughs> you're just like, hey, we got to put some big thing up here or people aren't going to know it's a theme park. Right, yeah. right. <laughs> well, I, I, I like that idea, actually, because you could essentially have it like, you, you could have a, a, a total reenactment of Liverpool, or at least, you know, not the whole place, obviously, <laughs> no. but just the, 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 the key places. Like, you could have the... 
the uh, Cavern Club where they first performed, and maybe that's where like there's a band performing as them at in the early days, yeah. every night at seven and nine or something. And then you could have the Apple Building or the Apple Records Building. I mean, yeah. And maybe that could work as the the central tower hub. That would work. I was and I was thinking maybe we would just because I, I had this cool image in my head of like a drone shot going up the one, and then you get to the top, and it's it looks like the roof of the Apple Core headquarters. Like yeah. up on top of the one, but but it could also just be a, re- a recreation of that actual building, which would be more authentic. Right. That's cool. Yeah, I really do like the idea of the one though. That's that's fun, and it gives a nice enclosed area for the uh, for the secret shows at the top. Cause mm-hmm. and kind of like the Beatles, I feel like the theme park isn't going to flow perfectly together. Kind of like the one album, where it's right. it's songs from different, totally different eras, even though it's time-wise within you know pretty similar short or pretty mm-hmm. short condensed amount of time it feels so different and that's how the theme park is yeah. going to be it's going to have different kind of like lands that don't necessarily mesh together but as a cohesive thing or something you're experiencing one hour after that after the previous hour it's going to mm-hmm. be enjoyable i mean just like any theme park i guess if if all the lands blended in together that's not really a it's not they're not separate lands at that point it's just a boring monotonous theme park so that's true yeah so I guess I can get out of my own head about it. Like it, it makes sense. It fits. Yeah. It's the Beatles. Yeah. Yeah. The Beatles means a lot of different things to people. So representing each of those a little bit is a good thing. For sure. any favorite like uh songs or like specific things we haven't talked about yet i believe i've already covered most of my favorite songs because that's what my mind gravitated towards sure. it's like how can i make this song into a actually most of my favorite songs are slow songs that i don't think would really lend well to rides but you know i would definitely want to hear some sort of muzak version of them within the park oh that'd be so cool <laughs> like in the dining areas and stuff yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I like that. And their music does sound diverse enough where you're not going to get exhausted of it, mm-hmm. I think. Um, if it was like, I really love the Sonics, but I wouldn't want to listen to just the Sonics music all day, every day, uh, right. visiting a theme park, because it, it's a little too similar and a little too driving where I would get exhausted. Um, but the Beatles, uh, yeah, put that on shuffle, and I don't think you're going to get fatigued for hours and hours and hours of it. So you could do different versions too. Different arrangements would be cool, like doing some symphonic, you know, Beatles arrangements and Muzak and even like different instruments, like, you know, banjo versions or whatever. It could be fun. What's great about the Beatles is that kind of talking about Across the Universe earlier, uh, there was a movie called I Am Sam. Yes, that soundtrack. Yeah, it's, you know, modern bands doing various Beatles covers. and, And I mean, you can... It's hard to ignore, you know, that they're Beatles songs because they're so ingrained in our culture at this point. But it's just such a cool takeaway from that. And I've even got like a bluegrass tribute to the Beatles, which is flawless. I mean, their sound is so uh, unique but vague enough that it works on like just about any platform, I think. Yeah, it's really pure music somehow. And I don't know how they maintained that through all of the different kind of iterations but yeah, there's something just like magical or transcendent. Like I wouldn't be surprised if in like 20 years it comes out that 
the Beatles were aliens or something where they're like, <laughs> oh, yes, humans, we have perfected music, you know, in what what to you is the future. Um, and right. uh, we just brought it back for and, and taught it to these these boys. Um, yeah. Yeah, because it is something different. It's so, so iconic and so unique and made such a huge impact on so many other musicians and, you know, kind of launched a thousand ships in a way. And then yeah. those ships went on to launch a thousand more ships. And then we're in the place where we are today where there's so many SoundCloud musicians and, you know, people on YouTube and stuff. It's, it's pretty crazy to think about, man. Uh, but yeah, the Beatles. <laughs> the Beatles, man. <laughs> <sighs> the park sounds awesome. Thank you so much, Gary. I, I didn't know oh, yeah. wh- where it was going beyond the first like 10 minutes. And we made it past an hour, I think. so. We did, I I believe. Yeah, I'm going to be honest. I, I was I was like... I should prepare for this more, but I've been out of town for the past few days, so it's like I didn't even have time to think about it until you messaged me last night, and I'm like, uh oh. But no, this uh, this is a park I want to go to. So yeah, me too. And the Beatles just means so much that being able to walk through it would be so cool. Um, yeah. Even if it's not the most amazing theme park, and we don't win awards for the you know the the rides and the attractions and stuff, it would just be cool to be able to walk through the world of the Beatles in so many different ways. I agree. Oh man. You were kind of mentioning a minute ago the uh, some of the slower songs. We could do other experiences, like just kind of more chill, like dark rides or like escape rooms or even like just kind of carnival games areas or arcades. You can do all the, the traditional theme park stuff, and those would be ways to showcase maybe some of the less bombastic and dynamic and really popular songs. Because I think it'd be cool to at least like theme different small even like restaurants from different songs or different albums that are underrepresented in other parts of the park. Yeah, I, I can I can see that. And actually, it's it's a weird idea, and I'm not sure if it would work. But, you know, part of the experience of listening to a vinyl is just putting it on, laying down, and letting the mu- music, you know, take you somewhere, right? And yeah. it's not about putting it on while you're driving, which you can do that too, but, you know, like... To me, part of the real experience can just be shutting everything out and being a part of the music. And maybe it would be cool if we could do that. I mean, if we had just like an area where people could go and just like a dark room, essentially, and just like lay down, listen to an album from front to back and then leave. That's fascinating. I really like that. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And yeah, I don't know what how you would exactly set that up, but I was picturing almost like just a movie theater type thing, you know, between the, mm-hmm. the actual motion pictures, you could just put the album yeah. on kind of like you would see like on YouTube or something where it just kind of shows the album art maybe, or maybe it like has a slow slideshow that shows, you know, photographs from that era or something. Right. It could be really cool. And then you can just, you know, shut your eyes and relax. You're not missing anything. Um, I was picturing kind of the strawberry fields area. You could just bring a blanket and like lay down out there and just like, they could be playing the oh. music kind of a, you know, woodstock looking stage out there that could be really cool man there's so many cool ways to like just listen to music and take things in there is and yeah laying down that is a weirdly underrated thing to do i remember that in college a lot just like going out into like a meadow with a blanket like laying down and listening to music yeah, now nowadays when I listen to music, I just fall asleep. Like if I'm laying down, <laughs> yeah. and that's that's unfortunate. I feel like there's a part of me that that was lost whenever I stopped doing that. Hmm. And and you know that was whenever life got busy and I got you know married and and got a, a real person job and all these things. You know, like yeah. I just sort of lost the ability to lay back and enjoy the moment. 
Wow. And I think forcing that on people would be like, maybe that's how we force everyone to leave. <laughs> no, I it's love like... the idea of forcing someone to totally relax and, <laughs> and just like take no. it slow against their will. Maybe, maybe I used the wrong words there, but that would be a good like outro to the park. Like sure. now go back out into the real world now that you've had this religious experience with right. music. Give them like a soothing, <laughs> reflective thing yeah. like, on their way out. Yeah, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Instead of exiting through the gift shop, it's like, no, you have to like lay down in this field and listen to this whole album and then you're allowed to leave. <laughs> you do the shopping earlier in your day. Yeah. Right. Right. Wow. Again, the, the allowed to part might be where we run into a problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Uh, I don't know. There's a fire in the park. Everyone lay down for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that could be an, an issue, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, maybe it's we'll just see. strongly encouraged. We'll see. <laughs> we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. <laughs> oh, wow. Yeah, this sounds this sounds awesome. And yeah, like a really cool way to appreciate their music and all of that they've done. Uh, yeah. And there's yeah so much visual art that goes along with the Beatles, too. So I feel like we touched on a lot of like the things that, that the Beatles mean to us. And of course, we probably missed something. And hopefully the audience can, oh, yeah. can you know, hit us up on social media at Amusement Sparks. Hey, uh, and let <laughs> us know what we missed because uh, that always feels good. Um, and then hopefully mm-hmm. we can revisit the episode someday. Gary Lane, if the audience somehow liked you, um, how could they find more of you on the internet? If they somehow did. <laughs> I, uh... <laughs> I can be found on Instagram at SMRGary. I can be reached through the 90s Pop Culture Grab Bag podcast at 90s Pop Culture Grab Bag or at 90s PCGB, depending on the, uh, the social media. And I don't really use Twitter, but I am on there at SMR Gary. Uh, if you message me there, you probably won't get a response for maybe ever. <laughs> but uh, but Instagram, I'm, I'm relatively active, and that's probably the best place to find me. It's always a good time, Gary. Thank you so much for being on, man. Yeah, let's not, let's not make it so long in between next I time. I agree. Yeah, we'll do another <laughs> one of these. Cool.